Hello and welcome back to another episode of Video Nerds. I'm the Man Nerd and I am here with Steven Shred, that's me. That is you. Okay. Today we are going to be doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, is it true that the first Guardians of the Galaxy is your favorite Marvel movie? Or at least in the top? Yeah, uh, I would definitely say that Guardians of the Galaxy, the very first one, is, I would say, number three. I would say number one for me, which a lot of people are going to question this pick. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Then it goes Infinity War, and then Guardians of the Galaxy. I absolutely loved that movie, man. You know, Captain America, it, it was a good one. I got to say that I liked it more than a lot of people said they did as well. So, uh, yeah, I can I can get with you on that. It's not my favorite, but yes, definitely <laughs> one of my tops. <laughs> All right, so now Guardians of the Galaxy. First one, I loved it. It was great. It was a, kind of a game changer. And then the second one, how did that one make you feel? I felt like it dove a little too deep into... Uh the MCU goofy comedy that they started getting like really well known for like uh, like i i hate like the classic comedy tropes that a lot of things fall on like the the old like in Avengers 2 oh don't don't say it man and then it happens oh you just had to say it like i hate that <laughs> they definitely did that and we saw the combination of that with Thor, Love and Thunder. Yep. It's, uh, I think it's just when you let the writers have, or the, uh, the director slash producers being James Gunn for these and, um, uh, Taiki Watiti for the Thor or the later two Thor movies. I feel like when you give them full reign, it starts getting a little too goofy. Like, I feel like you need that person to be like, okay, let's, uh, let's take a step back. Like, let's not get too crazy because Ragnarok, perfect amount of comedy. Yep. First Guardians, perfect amount of comedy. Guardians 2, a little too goofy for me. Love and Thunder, way too goofy for me. Way too goofy, like cringy goofy. Yeah, like it hurt my soul, which sucked because it had such a good villain. It had such a good setup, and then it just ruined it to the point where I barely remember that Christian Bale was in the movie. Yep. You just reminded me he was. So there we go. <laughs> All right. So now Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This one I was very scared of because Marvel has been going downhill. And it's probably mo- mostly due to the shows, actually. Even though I like some of those shows, it just seems like it's just they're playing everything out way too much. So this one I was like, after watching Quantumania... I, I didn't know if this was even going to be worth the watch. But, surprisingly, it was. It was actually pretty darn good. So let's get into our quick rating on this before we get into it, just to let people know kind of what, what we're thinking about it. Why don't you start us off? You know what? Actually, I think you should start us off because uh, I, I really want to know how you felt about all this because I think I already told you how I felt about this. So uh, I want to hear a little bit more of you. Okay, I got it. So this one, I would say at first I was very 
watching this, I was like, oh man, this is going to be very dark, which it kind of was. And that whole darkness thing in all these shows and movies has been, you know, getting to me lately because of things. But it's like, man, why can't it be light? Which they <laughs> made up for. And I think it was a very good blend of what you said. It's It's the comedy, and then they actually had... A lot of emotion in this one, uh, a lot of dark aspects, and the comedy kind of helped lighten it up. And then the end, they brought everything back around, make you feel good. So for me, this was definitely a win. I was very skeptical the first 30 minutes, I'd say, but then it definitely started getting me in, into it a lot more. So I'm going, uh, I'm going D20, man. Damn. I'm going D20. I'm going to watch this again. <laughs> I think I'll go D20 as well, but because of the dark parts of it, I probably won't go back to it the same way I did the first one. Mm -hmm. The first one, I would say I've probably seen over 10 times. Uh, this one, maybe I won't see as many times because the dark parts were really dark. But uh, yeah, overall, I had as much fun with this one as I had the older movies, and it made me, it gave me that feeling that I used to get when I would get my uh get my tickets to the premiere of the new mcu movie you know where yeah, you're just like this is gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah and there's so much involved with this one it's kind of nuts this was like over two hour movie and it was it was a lot and <laughs> i thought that the whole you know thing about this would be like they're solely focusing on uh, Star Lord's breakup, basically, with uh, Gamora. Oh, Gamora, yeah, with Gamora, which kind of a breakup. She doesn't remember him because of you know time travel and all that crap. But anyway, I thought it was going to be purely focused on that, but that kind of took a back seat to the story, which was very very smart. They kind of pointed that it was going to be like that, and then they drifted off and they went to the real story, which is uh, Rocket the Raccoon which I like that. That was, uh, it was dark, but it was very, very moving. Yeah. And uh, without getting into spoilers, I liked the way that they were able to tell us a backstory and give us something more about the character, give the character a lot more depth without having to sacrifice uh, continuity. Because I feel like they've been doing that a lot lately where Oh, you know, this character that you love that you've seen in like 50 of our movies? Well, this is actually a part of their past. You just didn't know it. It's like, yeah, but if that was part of their past, then what about this, this, and that? And why didn't this person help with that? Oh, well, they, they were just busy. Don't worry about it. And it just ruins the feeling of continuity. This I felt they did in such a well, they, like they did it so well that the continuity to me didn't feel broken. There was no part of it that I was like, well, if that's the case, then why is Rocket like this? Everything made sense, and his character was, like, our knowledge about the character was so surface level to an extent that the depth just could be explored without breaking what we know about the character. Yeah, and that whole story arc did not change his character. It validated it. So that was... Yeah different they like to change the character by revealing stuff from the past but not this one no it just showed you who he is and said yep deal with it <laughs> yeah we even get to learn where he gets his affinity for uh weapons and everything is oh yeah so, 
that's which is a huge part of his character that's why he's that's why uh we had the idea that you know he got his name from so <laughs> all right so now we're doing it man we're going in spoiler alert spoiler alert Okay, instead of repeating the entire storyline, let's just uh, <laughs> think of some questions, man. Like, I'm going to start off. Who's your favorite character in this one? Uh, I, I want to say my favorite character just because they're always, like, kind of there, but they're always kind of, like, doing their own thing. Like, I think Mantis is one of my favorite characters, which sucks because she gets introduced in, like, my least favorite of the three. But the way that she always just had something to say and, and it, like, the comedy with her wasn't to a cringy point. I would say she was, like, one of my favorites. Star-Lord almost kind of took a back seat in this one. He wasn't uh, as upfront as he had been in the previous ones. No, definitely not. He was uh, he was hurt most of the time. Yeah, then uh, the, the constant Cosmo thing was funny as hell to me. Yep. I thought Cosmo, Cosmo was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> just a, yeah. the uh just a good dog which if you watch the movie you'll laugh when i say that such a good dog and it kind of had uh, remember adventure time bemo yeah totally sounds like bemo <laughs> that actually makes sense yeah <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was funny as hell like because uh craglin calls her a bad dog in the very beginning of the movie and through the entire movie, she's just constantly bringing it up. She's like, I'm not a bad dog. Like, can you believe this guy called me a bad dog? It's like, man, yeah, a bad dog wouldn't do that, huh? Like, every chance. And it was just like, man, it's like callback stuff like that definitely has the, uh, you run the risk of getting cringy with it, where yeah. it's just like, okay, it's not funny anymore. But it, it just landed at the perfect time. Yeah, it did. And then the end, you know. You, f you find out that, no, Cosmo is a great dog. Very good dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so story moment. Favorite story moment of this movie? Hmm. That is a good question. I would say, again, this is like super random. This is not like a part that you would think would be one of my favorite parts of the story. Because he's always treated as such an idiot that he finally gets his, like, little moment to shine that doesn't have anything to do with his strength. Uh, Drax's whole, like, being a good dad thing, I really liked. Oh, that was so good, yeah. Because, uh, you know, in the very, very first movie, one of the parts that gave him more depth, he talks about the reason why he hated Thanos. The reason he needed revenge is because his wife and kid were killed and that finally gets to like shine again him being a father he translates for uh these children that they couldn't understand and you know when they're like you know you you could have spoken to them this whole time like why didn't you and he's like because no one asked because everyone treats him like he's an idiot yep so it's like him being able to show his like fatherly qualities that you would assume that he's had since the very beginning because he was a father and his daughter meant enough to him that he's gone on this insane crusade to get revenge. So I, I really like that part of it where he shows that, like I said, he's not just an idiot. He's not just there as the muscle. 
or to be the butt of a joke, which he definitely was a lot of the times, but I really liked that he uh, got his little moment to show what his character was. Yeah, and his character turned out to be just one big dad joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you? Along those lines, I was actually thinking of Gamora. Like, hers. Like, you you see the past version of her that basically didn't fall in love with Star-Lord, didn't uh, become part of the Guardians, and she's an asshole. She sucks. <laughs> like, you, you hate her. And then you can see that, like, even Star-Lord at the end, like, says, you know, you're not her, but who you are right now is not that bad either. Like, you can see that she is actually who she's supposed to be. So it, that was kind of a weird transition for me, me hating her and then throughout the movie, like, her growing just a little bit, but it's less, less growth and more realizing who she really is and where she yeah. belongs. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's literally Gamora in the first movie. Yep. <laughs> what were your thoughts on Counter-Earth? That was so damn satirical. I loved it. The high <laughs> evolutionary is trying to build this perfect world with these perfect beings. So he basically like melds these animals with sometimes technology, but then he builds up and he just uh makes their evolution just go way faster thousands of years in a moment and wants them to be peaceful and you know harmonious and just be perfect and you feel like this you know counter earth is going to be awesome it's going to be this paradise but it turns out it's just earth now with animal people there's even gangs, there's people drug dealing, and it's it's got everything that we have. And then he realizes the high evolutionary, like realizes, yeah, yeah, I did fuck up. I just made everything how it was on Earth. I thought that was so funny that you get to see that. It was it when they landed there, I was like, it's like, what the fuck is this? This shit's wild as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the idea that if we were to uh disappear and start again from scratch you know we probably end up very similar still <laughs> yep <laughs> oh and then of course they had to uh ruin that by destroying the entire freaking planet and everybody on it yeah which was insane because i was just like oh they're gonna save everyone last second nope <laughs> nope uh the ship that he had was actually literally the the planet was built around it so when they took off they just broke the entire planet apart so there's that what was your favorite part of the ending uh well i'll, I'll say a part that i am it, kind of the opposite i a part that i'm glad they kept out okay i am glad they didn't force the love story between Starler and Gamora to like expedite and all of a sudden they're like kissing and doing all that. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I thought I was, they might have kissed at the end, but no. Yeah, like they have their like little moment where I think she starts to like appreciate him and all that and care for him. And like she starts like just like in the very first movie. It, it's very slow and subtle. But I thought they were going to force it at the end. I was like, ah, that, that's kind of lame. But she just goes back to being a uh, Ravager, which I was very happy about. I was like, okay, cool. 
we're we're letting this just kind of go through but uh i i think my favorite part was that uh peter gets to return home yeah i thought that was a good uh yeah grandpa again yeah because a lot of them supposedly this is their last movie so i i thought which you know we're already in spoiler alert so at the very end it said star lord will return which i thought was kind of weird but maybe star lord is more of a moniker so maybe it's not like peter quill is star lord anymore maybe rocket raccoon star lord now not really too sure or maybe it is peter quill and it's gonna be like the christmas special something like that maybe yeah I, i just really liked that we got good closure you know because I feel like when projects come to their ending, a lot of the times you don't really get that, which is why I loved Captain America's ending for Endgame so much, because we got the closure. Got his dance. <laughs> yeah. We we got the ending that we were hoping for. And I thought that was like a really good way. He goes home, he sees his grandpa, and his grandpa's happy about seeing him, and then they're just living a normal life i I really liked that (laughs) how about you yeah that was good uh i'd say for me it was mantis going away well there's two parts to this there's mantis going away on her crazy beasts that she became friends with i thought that was just (laughs) perfect and then that whole dance scene i loved it (laughs) and i i don't like dance scenes but it was a lot of fun (laughs) <laughs> especially because in the very beginning Drax says the dancing's for idiots <laughs> yep <laughs> and then he starts dancing because he's a dad now yeah <laughs> so he's just flowing perfect into that alright well yeah this movie D20 great movie loved it it was a nice refresher to get back to you know a movie you loved uh, we did kind of leave out the whole Adam Warlock thing which was he was very a weird. lot. He was a lot minor, more minor than I thought he was going to be, because yeah. they were hyping uh, Will Poulter's part as Adam Warlock a lot, which he got the full Marvel treatment, because uh, yeah. you know he's he's always seen as like the goofy looking dude, and now he is like absolutely jacked, so yeah. he got full Marvel treatment. <laughs> but he's a very minor character, but they definitely used him in the same way that I thought they would, where. He's this all-powerful being, but he's also, like, a child because he's, like, in the last Guardians movie, we see him still in the little chamber growing. So it's, like, all-powerful being, but, you know, he only knows one thing, and that's, you know, do what we say for the good of what you're doing it for. You know, so he's essentially, like, a little kid with too much power. So then they bring him in, and uh, it 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 all made sense to me. Like you know, yeah, he just wants that uh, connection. He just wants to be appreciated and all that. And he uh, gets a second chance with the Guardians. Yeah, which is so, cool. Yeah, that that was nice. But I, I definitely thought he was going to be in the movie a lot more than maybe three or four parts. I thought he was going to be more of a threat. Yeah, I did too. I thought he would be constantly in there, but uh, yeah, he was just kind of in there, and then he would just like, uh, like <laughs> see just ya. pop in and screw up. <laughs> yep. All right, well, that's this one down. 
Hopefully we'll get another good one. We've been getting a lot of good ones now. After we had some stinkers, we're getting some good ones. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to stay hopeful. Uh, Marvel specifically, this is James Gunn's last movie with them, which is the mm-hmm. reason why a few of them are stepping away from it because they, you know, they said they love working with James Gunn, and now that he's not going to be a part of it, you know, they don't really want to do it. Which even Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know if that name specifically is going to be carrying on after this. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, see how things go. James Gunn's stuff at DC, I'm not very hopeful for because. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, yeah. that's just. <laughs> I just really want there. Superman Legacy to be good because if they do it right, it would be so good. <laughs> we could only hope. Let's hope. All right. Well, until next time, we'll catch all of you later. Later. <laughs>